Glad you're here. Welcome to the uh, program. We've got a great show for you today. You don't want to miss a second of it. Uh, we're going to start with socialism and Bernie Sanders, and, and uh, we're going to get to Epstein, and we have all kinds of, I'm sorry, Weinstein. We have all kinds of stuff. Um, first, let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Stu, did your dog like to eat like my dog didn't like to eat? Was he fine eating? Uh, yeah, kind of fine, although, um, was really hesitant to eat. Yeah. It would take a long time. Yeah. You know, it was slow to eat. Right. You know, you give him a treat and he'll just like sniff it for five minutes. You're like, eat yeah. the thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it's, so have you noticed any difference besides eating with your dog since taking rough greens? Yeah. I mean, you have, a, there's like kind of more energy and like, like a lot more and more excited to go stuff their face in the bowl which is for sure i know it is it's crazy my dog i have not only seen you know excited to eat but also a change in energy a change in life they're really happy try rough greens right now get your dog not to live longer but to thrive 833 glen 33 or roughgreens.com slash back Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Great show for you today. Bernie Sanders is the front runner because of the way we raised our kids. We only have ourselves to blame on that. The debate is happening in South Carolina tonight. We'll get to that coronavirus. And uh, and finally, there are people starting to look into the coronavirus tanking the economy, which would hand the race to Bernie Sanders, but we start with socialism. Wake up call, America. The time is here. Now, how do we get people to change their minds and to wake up? We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you walk into the casino and you uh, go to the poker table and the dealer says the buy-in is $2,316 to play a hand. Do you risk it? Probably not, but even if you do, you're only risking it because you stand to gain something. $2,316 is the average dollar loss from a single break-in of a home. That can derail you financially. And every time you go without home security, you're betting. You're betting that nothing is going to happen. What you should be doing is getting simply safe for your home because it's a lot less expensive. And they protect every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, glass break sensors guard the inside. Plus, you can set the system up by yourself if you want. Anyone can. I've done it. Or you can have them do it. This award-winning security system features around-the-clock monitoring for 50, I'm sorry, for 50 cents a day, five zero cents a day, or $15 a month. That's three times less than anybody else. So go to simplysafebeck.com and get a free Simply Safe security camera, normally 100 bucks. Order today, you get it for free at simplysafebeck.com. Fifteen years ago, I was on this broadcast and I told you the time is going to come where you won't recognize your country, where everything is upside down. Everything you counted on, everything you thought was solid would be liquid and liquid would be solid. Well, we're here. 
10 years ago, I was called a racist for pointing out that many in our government and those especially in the Democratic Party were Marxists and socialists claiming to be progressives. And I said that there would come a time when they would take their masks off. They would they would actually come out and this was in 2009 and people said this is crazy. They would come out because they wanted to tell you capitalism doesn't work. And they would say, yes, I'm socialist because the free market doesn't work. I warned that conservative voices would be in peril as the old line media empires would begin to burn themselves down. I warned you that the European totalitarian right would rise again and trouble was on the horizon for Europe. It would destabilize and eventually the left and right would join forces. They would begin marching in the streets that Russia would run a propaganda campaign to split us apart. That we would begin to hear the same progressive socialist talk of death for undesirables and celebration for the death of babies. The same kind of stuff the world endured and had to conquer in the 20s and 30s because they just wouldn't pay attention. I told you 15 years ago that more and more conspiracy theories would circulate and believed by a majority of people. More and more people would buy into them because all of our institutions would lose credibility. Five years ago, deep fakes would be introduced and would finish the concept of truth. I warned you about these things. Now we have to prove to the world that the insanity can stop. So how do we do it? Well, it's easy if we return to the self-evident truths. If we just remember who we are, where we came from, remember and admit that life in America doesn't suck as much as everybody seems to think it does. We have to decide we're not going to commit suicide as a society, as a nation, as culture. And there are decisions that we have to make right now. Destroying life, abortion, creating life, AI. And the fastest to affect the entire world, the choice between the free market and socialism. We are there. And a lot of people in the media are pretending to believe that democratic socialism is just a new coat of paint on the same old FDR democratic policies. But it's not true. As I will point out in our special on uh, Wednesday, tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time. The Wednesday night special is on Bernie Sanders and the radicals, the revolutionaries, the Islamists, the anti-Semites, the Marxists, the communists that surround him. We've told you just yesterday what was in Salon magazine about their plan, their actual plan. They're, they're printing it now online in mainstream, if you can call that that, mainstream publications telling people, yeah, we're going to destroy capitalism. That's what we have to do. Well, the only way to beat this is with information. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Nobody can fool you if you have knowledge. A couple of things on socialism. Uh, I have a new book that is coming out. Is it next month, Stu? In April. I think it's the first week of April. 
and I want you to order it online right now at Amazon.com. Order it. It's called Arguing with Socialists. It's over 400 pages. We made it into something that's really easy to read. It's in the format of Arguing with Idiots. It comes out April 7th. You can order it right now. It has about 100, or I'm sorry, about 80 pages, I think, of footnotes. So everything that we say in it is footnoted. So, you know, if you're doing a paper, if you're trying to convince somebody, if you're trying to show, don't show them my work. Oh, that's Glenn Beck. Of course he says that. Show it from the New York Times. Everything is footnoted. Because we have to dismiss a couple of things. First, that capitalism doesn't work. And the second thing, socialism doesn't work. Now, let me be the first to say that socialism does work. It works perfectly every single time. It's, it, it is designed to do one thing, and that is make everybody equal. And if you look at it as just equally miserable, it works. Socialists saying capitalism doesn't work. Look at all the fat rich people. Look at all the inequality. Doesn't work. Look at all the poor starving people. All those dead bodies in front of the the hospitals in, in America. First of all, there are no dead bodies. People are not starving to death in America. But capitalism is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And that is create inequality. The equality of outcomes is what socialists want. The goal of socialism is equality. And the two systems achieve the opposite results. The goal of capitalism is, in a way, inequality. That is the natural result of the free market. Capitalism is inequality of outcomes it encourages it acknowledges that people are different people have different work habits there are some people that you can't stop me from working i work all the time it's what i do i'm driven by it i actually love my job there are other people who don't they love their they love their knitting they love their art they love their family and only want to be with them they want to work in the home that's great but the guy who's working at running a corporation because he is affecting millions of lives he's going to make more money than the person who is still doing the noble work of just working with the family at home they 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 have an equal chance of success, just not monetary success. But we only seem to look at the uh, outcome of money. You can't have merit without inequality. And if you want to get rid of inequality, you must get rid of merit. It's why they started giving trophies to everybody in school. There is no merit. We're all equal. We're not all equal. We are born equal. We have equal rights. But we don't have equal outcomes. If you want to be a singer and you want to go on television and embarrass yourself and you suck, hey, you can do it. You can do it. But Simon isn't going to tell you, oh, man, you're just as good as the last person. 
It's why we study in school. It's why we work hard for an A. Because with that good grade, while others may have failed, it gave you the promise of bettering your life and your prospects. Many of us get up to strive to create or to invent, not just to better our world, but also better ourselves and our station. And those two are connected. Socialism, it doesn't matter how hard you work. It matters who you are in the end. But everyone and everything is equally miserable unless you're at the very, very top. Capitalism has lifted entire continents out of equal misery and poverty. Capitalism has made the world more unequal, but they've lifted billions of people out of poverty. Yes, there still remain shrinking pockets of misery. But because of the free market, the rate of children dying before the age of five has dropped by over half since 1990. Look at the difference between the coronavirus here and what's coming here and how we're going to deal with it and how it was dealt with and what came to China. Yeah, well, they're a free market. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're a communist country. Death before the age of five has dropped by over half since 1990. Yet 70% of the people believe health care and poverty has gotten worse. And Bernie Sanders is leading that charge. It hasn't. But cable news will obsess about, oh, here's the latest scandal with Donald Trump. Look at this plane crash. But just that one life-saving improvement is the equivalent of averting 27 major plane crashes full of children every single day. Every single day. Look at the gun problems we have. But the lives saved due to just a few of the improvements made in medicine just over the last few years because of the free market system is the equivalent of erasing every gun-related murder for 630 years, and yet we don't hear about it. All we hear about is the inequality that is caused by capitalism. Fewer people are suffering and dying than ever before, and there's still a lot to save. While socialism is making everyone except the elites equally starving and desperate in Venezuela, in Cuba, I posted something last night, Look on my Instagram feed. I posted a picture of a OBGYN office, the leading office in Havana. So this is the leading clinic for OBGYN in Havana. That's as, be- that's as good as you get. I showed you the uh, rooftop where they actually hang all of the rubber latex gloves out to dry because after inserting them into one patient they wash them and then they hang them on a clothesline to dry because they don't have the money or the system to be able to afford the latex gloves that we just throw away well look for the picture and spend send it to your friends I'm tired of the casting of shame on capitalism, and it is time that we start to understand what's being done to us and what our choice really is more in one minute. 
First, beware the postmaster general, or at least the guy pretending to be the postmaster general. If you get an email that says, Hi, I'm the postmaster general, and I just need some personal information from you so I can send you a package worth $100,000. Okay, that is not the postmaster general. You know what? And I, I, I feel like, honestly, almost saying, if you think it is, go ahead. Give him all your information because you deserve to be ripped off. Knowledge is power, and you apparently don't have much knowledge. However, I have been and seen some of the scams that are happening right now, and they are so well done, you don't know. You really don't know. And it's important to understand how cybercrime is affecting us. Identity theft is a serious issue. And somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds. And you might miss something if you're only monitoring your credit. That's why LifeLock is there. If there's something that goes wrong, they have agents in the country right here. Yes, U.S. They exist. And they will help you fix the problem. And that is really, that's where the rubber meets the road. What do you do? Somebody takes your identity. What are you going to do about it? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own, and if there is a problem, they'll help you fix it. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off, 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Look, there is no one, no one that is coming over our border in the middle of the night. There is no one on the other side of the world that is dreaming of America, that they can't wait to get here because they're trying to escape the rich. They're trying to escape the system that keeps them down. They're trying to escape possibly the rich who has taken over the government, the drug cartels. We have a failed narco state on our border now in the south. They are here escaping, not the rich, but the system that dooms them and their children to poverty. They're coming here because they recognize that inequality is a fact of nature, but through merit and equal justice, you can change your status and create a better future for your children. We should seek equality because it's more fair and just. No, it's not. Socialism is about equality, but it's not about fairness. Capitalism isn't about equality of outcomes, but fairness and justice is its objective. When it comes to economics, equality and fairness are not synonyms. The stated goal of socialism is to achieve equality for all. The true goal of capitalism is to achieve liberty and justice for all. And that's why the leftists hate all of this stuff. Liberty and justice for all. It is the American way. Equality is not our natural state. We're all unique. We're endowed by our creator with our own set of superpowers, skills, and talents, and yes, problems. We have our own weaknesses and challenges, and thank God for that. Otherwise, everything would be the same, but we are blessed to be born here. This is a great country. 
We have lifted ourselves out of misery first. And now we can voluntarily help the rest of the world. We don't need a government to take a dollar from us and give 40 cents to the poor. Why not allow Americans to take their own daughter a dollar and cut out the middleman? Cut out the waste. Give the whole dollar to poor. We've done it before, and in fact, nobody has ever done it like we have. I want you to hear carefully, because maybe this is the first time you've heard it, but there is nothing wrong with your desire to achieve, to work hard, to compete, to win. There's nothing wrong with your expectation to be rewarded for your work and enjoy those rewards the way you see fit, which, of course, includes taking care of the less fortunate, should you choose. But you're the only one that can write your story. Your destiny is your own journey to make. I have nothing to do with it. And your failure, I have nothing to do with either. We all stand on our own two feet. They're trying to work on democratic, democratic changes. Well, slavery by majority vote is still slavery. You are the only one that can take away your right through poor choices. But even then, you have the right of redemption to begin again, to pull yourself up out of the mud, into the light. Capitalism has its flaws. It's lost its mooring. The free market and justice should always be blindfolded, but they're not. They're not. Being black, white, rich, poor should never condemn you nor save you. But the world will change in the next 12 months. One way or the other. Will either all be equally enslaved, equally poor, and eventually equally dead? Or we'll humble ourselves. And we'll stand up for the Bill of Rights, which grants us liberty. We will stand up for the people we despise, the things that they say. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder with them because they have a right to do it. We'll stand for the poor, but we'll also stand for the rich. Those who've always been here, those who came on the Mayflower, and those who come here legally today because they're our hope, they're our success. And it, it will come as we stand for blind and equal justice and stand for the glorious natural inequality of all mankind. It's a common misconception these days that password-protected Wi-Fi equals safe Wi-Fi, but it's not true. Generally speaking, it doesn't always take a hacker with all that much expertise to break through something like that and start plundering all the treasure they can find. You don't need that kind of hassle in your life. You do need powerful layers of protection for all of your devices with something that will give you security as well as online privacy. What you need is Norton 360. Norton 360 is a toolbox. It has all of the tools in it, and they'll continue to add new tools. It has layers of protection, including real-time device security, and it also has a VPN that has bank-grade encryption to keep things like logins and passwords and what you're doing online secure and private. It also comes with a password manager that creates, stores, and manages your passwords in a vault, credit card information, all credentials, also a PC safe cam feature, that makes sure you know if somebody has taken over your webcam. 
Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is the ally you need. And until March 8th, you can get up to 60% off your first year with the annual subscription. Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck. Coming up on Blaze TV tonight, uh, we've got lots of great stuff, including Stu Does America, including Michael Malice joining us on the program. Go to BlazeTV.com. The promo code's Glenn. Welcome to the uh, program. Harvey Weinstein. I think we can all say we're glad the guy is in jail because I think he's guilty. I just don't think he's guilty in this particular case. I think this was a horrible, horrible case. Yeah, the legal system does not allow people to just feel like you should go to jail. You know, I think he should go to jail. Because to me, you should put him in jail probably just for his odor. Like, you know, he seems like a terrible human (laughs) being in so many different ways. Or the bad acting of the walker. Oof. Oh, He's he's learning not to bend over and walk like that now that he's going to Rikers. Uh, But maybe it's... Well, there's a reason why he was producing films and not acting in them. Yes. Right, right. Uh, But he is... uh, that you know, this is a, a a situation where we have a legal system mm-hmm. that is supposed to ignore all the media attention and the flow of the the inertia of public opinion. That's the job of the legal system to ignore it. I don't think the legal system did here. I think you're right, Pat. I mean, mm. the, and and Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Hi, Pat. Hi, hi, Glenn. Good to Stu? play with you, and Pat. Hello. Thank, tell your mom thanks for letting you come out and play with us today. <laughs> My mom's dead. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's doing it to you now. Wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> so we, wow, we I mean, that really hurt. That really years, hurt, Glenn. Thank years. you. That really, yeah. really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so the evidence against Weinstein overall, to me, yeah. is pretty overwhelming. There's yeah. so, all these accusers and all these things, mm-hmm. but m- most of them are beyond the uh, statute of limitations. So they can't mm. just pull the best cases. They can only pull from what they have. So they have a couple of cases in New York where and that in that whole yeah, situation the, the Annabella Shiora and uh Gwyneth Paltrow cases I think were both beyond the statute of limitations yeah and and although uh Skiora did testify in this trial to make the case basically he does this all the time he's a predator and that has elevated uh sentencing possibilities so he could yeah. have been in jail for life and he was acquitted of all of that so they obviously, at least at some level, didn't believe the older accusations or did not believe there was enough to them. But they did convict him on two of the five counts. And it's these two women that came in this case in New York. And I like these things are always difficult, right? We understand that a traumatic experience can have you acting in a way that you might not understand if you haven't gone mm-hmm. through a traumatic experience. Like mm-hmm. this is we're told over and over again that it's not unreasonable at all. To see a woman who was sexually assaulted and then reaching out to her uh, her attacker and communicating for years on end, uh, to me that to me just in my gut feels really weird and strange. But again, I didn't go through it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I will say every woman I've ever talked to about this says it seems really strange too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like something that is is possible. But we are told by every single expert on this that this is common. 
So I I will accept that and 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 move past that you know that that weird feeling I think we all have that just seems weird that if you got raped by someone that, that you would have be, a relationship with them you want to reach out to them and, and all. have okay, sex okay. with them after okay, right exactly yeah. all right so this is I think beyond that though right that's why this is what I want yeah, to get to I think let's accept is... that here for the for the sake of argument right. yeah. here's the evidence and this is from the Nation by the way not a right wing publication that's trying to get all men off for their evil sexual assaults. Uh, here, they described the testimony. Both primary accusers gave accounts that were emotive, but were also undercut, sometimes seriously, by other witness testimony or evidence. Haley, one of the uh, one of the accusers, um, has got, uh, has got undergone renovation over various tellings. A calendar she kept is scrawled with the words "I love, I love, I love New York, I love, I love, I love stuff," surrounded by doodled hearts on the week of her alleged rape. Well, now, now maybe she did that early in the week <laughs> and didn't maybe, go, maybe, right. I okay. hate, I hate, I hate rape. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. You might not want to put that on your calendar. Right. Later <laughs> entries related to Weinstein, um, she uh, obliterated in some of, by other, of her other testimony, including the bleak characterization of an encounter previously described as consensual. So again, she had already described the account as consensual. Uh, invited skepticism when juxtaposed with emails saying lots of love or totally bummed to have missed you. Okay, I mean, it seems weird that you'd write to someone who raped you and say, oh, I missed you, I'm totally bummed, but maybe it was just in passing. Jessica Mann, who spent the longest time on the stand. Oh, by the way, we should also point out that afterwards, after the rape, she had consensual sex with Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. So it's and important to note. admits to that. She admits to that, that they, she was raped and then later on came back and went to a hotel room and had sex with him consensually so can we so just weird. can we just wow. say that you don't go to hotel rooms even with people of the same sex unless you're really really good friends for a very long time you've been in situations <laughs> alone i mean i would never invite somebody up to my hotel room and uh, alone a woman and say hey you want to meet no, in no my way. hotel room Mm-mm. no now maybe if you're same sex i think is totally Generally speaking, totally fine. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe not in today's world. I don't know. I've been up in a lot of hotel rooms with friends when we were even on trips. I didn't never never seemed wow. threatened or felt I mean? that way. I said with uh, friends, but, you, you, I mean, yeah. fine. Yes. But a stranger, no yeah, way. It's not typically you know? the way you do it. No. Yeah. Um, so it, it's definitely it's definitely an odd thing. The the uh, the lawyer for Weinstein made the case that you're making, and she's she's a woman, by the way, and she said, look. You are going to eliminate 99% of these situations by not going to hotel rooms with men in the middle of the night. Now, may I say, True. Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. is different because although I'm, I'm this way as well. You want to have a private meeting with somebody. You know that everybody is listening. Now, I don't say, let's meet in my hotel room alone. <laughs> right, right. No, no, no. But you could, you you could, could see, see somebody like that going, possible. you know what, we're going to talk. We have to talk in private. Let's go to, let's just go, I've got a suite and it's got a conference table in it or whatever. Let's just go to my suite. Br- bad it's idea, but it's possible. Idea, especially when you live in the same town. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, him, take her to your house or have her meet you at your house where your wife is. That would be a nice right. idea. Or, or a security or presence security or, or whatever. Something, right? Right. So, but again, but, that does not mean because you went to a hotel room, it's okay to be raped. Like, not okay, no, not yeah, no, cool, no, no, doesn't right. matter. No, no, if you, no. Like, and if you had a consensual relationship for five years, 
and after that, you know, after five years, there's an incident where something isn't consensual. You might be able to get yourself to the point where you'd understand, okay, well, maybe you'd excuse one bad thing and go on with it, right? But this is the first time they've ever been together mm-hmm. is a rape. And then you start a consensual relationship after that. Well, that's a cornerstone Sounds- of your relationship. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> right. hey, remember the first time we met? Yes, yes. I do. In fact, yes. Let's recount it in you front of a jury. You had me with a knife at my throat. Right. Oh, those were the oh, days. those were the days. Good times. Okay, so here's the second accuser. <laughs> mm. So she, ha- she, gets, she has this uh, apparent sexual assault, as reported. So what does she do? She's in town for this night. She is going to go home that night. Instead, she decides to sleep on the floor of her friend's closet when, and stay an extra night. Why? Because the day after the rape, she decided she wanted to go to a screening and celebrate Weinstein's birthday with him. Now, you get raped. Mm. You stay an extra night in the city so you can celebrate the birthday of your rapist? seems incredibly impossible to me it does um going on the friend who is now not friends with this woman anymore is now part of the prosecution was was actually called uh and uh subpoenaed under the prosecution or excuse me the defense Mm -hmm. um she contradicted uh this accuser all over the place um jeez as the, as the nation, again, left-wing publication says, nobody outside of this room d- doubts that abuse and rape can coexist with a relationship or that women maintain contact with men who hurt them. What rang false was the prosecution's gothic language and theory of the case set beside the breezily ordinary language of witnesses' emails to Weinstein, asking how he is, what's his schedule, when is he in L.A. or London, can he meet her mom? Wow. You're, you're inviting your rapist to meet your mother? I mean, I... Mom has not gotten lucky in a long time. (laughs) Reminiscing about their first meetings. Again, we were joking about that a second ago. She was doing it, reminiscing about their first meeting when she was raped to her rapist. Uh, Can you get by all of this with the power dynamic thing oh, I don't it's because so. of the power dynamic and that's basically what they have right the what the prosecution had i, well, I have to he tell was you so powerful that she didn't want to get mad at her here's what i think actually happened in that room i think that, that there were those who went look the guy is guilty we know this yes we know he's it. guilty you're going to just let him go. You're going to be on the jury. You're going to be forever remembered. Imagine telling your friends. As the guy who let O.J. Simpson go. Like imagine, Good for you. Imagine the conversation you're having with your friends walking out. Saying, hey, you've been gone for a while. Where were you? I was in jury duty. What case? Oh, Harvey Weinstein. You mean the one where they let Harvey Weinstein out? What the hell? You people are monsters. Yeah. Right? We mm-hmm. all know Harvey Weinstein is guilty. That's not a legal argument, by the way. Right. We all know it is not a legal argument. Correct. The legal arguments were made in the case in which the oh, the evidence was overwhelming that this was uh, li- definitely, well, first of all, 100% overwhelming that it was a consen- consensual relationship because both the women said that it, it was. However, this this one incident, again, the, 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 the standard is to prove his guilt. Yeah. Right. So you're telling me with all of this and I, I'm leaving There's off no two, two more pages of phone calls and emails here that we were going to get to, but we don't have time. But there absolutely is reasonable doubt that this one out of many incidents was non-consensual because not only did did Harvey Weinstein say it was non-consensual and we have all these other emails, they both said at the time 
that it was they didn't go out and tell other people they told people that it was consensual in some of these cases and they changed their stories later on so here is the <sighs> here's why this matters to you this is a mob mentality some mob mentality if if i mean even even the uh prosecution they knew they had a weak case but they thought you know momentum in society is going our way yeah that's not good they basically admitted that that's not good you have to sometimes you have to let the bad guy go in in hopes and in knowledge that you know what they're going to get him next time you have to do that it feels awful yeah. it feels terrible i wouldn't want to be in that situation we all know well yes but not in this case yeah the westboro baptist church is protected by the first amendment even though i hate it yes right mm-hmm. because that's you, sometimes you have to take the worst example of a human being to make the case and harvey weinstein look i want him in prison for a million different reasons right? <laughs> some of them just related to i just don't like the guy yeah you know but uh, in this particular case it does not seem that they had the evidence and i think i think you're right glenn i think the people went, went in that jury room and were like we can't just let this guy walk out he's isn't, obviously guilty of something isn't it amazing though that we've gotten to this place where between disease and accusations pretty much the only safe sex is marital sex <laughs> right it's probably true i mean I if mean, you really want to be safe that's what you do you have sex in the confines of marriage and you're probably gonna what be a okay. weird idea isn't that weird that's yeah a it's a weird concept strange, i don't know what you're talking about here you know it's to be you know it's almost hmm. it's almost it's like almost it's supposed to be that way supposed to be that way yeah or even if you don't believe in a higher power it's almost like that's why those traditions were reinforced by society mm-hmm. because when you break those uh those norms society falls apart yeah it's kind of yeah. weird isn't and it? it's almost like mike pence might have been onto something no he's just a crazy man that prude you're talking about that prude mike pence uh, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh unbelievable pack ray unleashed available on podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well as youtube and at blazetv.com slash Glenn. I want to give you a quick follow-up on an employee of mine who I was talking to and talking to you about last week. He's moving to Texas to work with us here in the studios, and uh, he talked to me about using real estate agents I trust, and I could smell the fear on him every time he talks about this stuff because he's a really good guy, but he has absolutely no clue on how real estate bought and sold. Here's the good news. Yesterday, he went to realestateagentsitrust.com just to check it out. He got a call from two of our realtors, one where he lives and one here in Dallas, almost immediately. And they're now beginning the process for him. And you know what? It's going to work out for him just fine because I know the brand of real estate agents working for real estate agents I trust. The name kind of gives it away. They're real estate agents I trust. Dot com. If you want a real estate uh, um, agent that has real experience, that's going to make your life and your move easier, check them out. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Sarah, I understand we have a uh, a a new version of "There's a Hole in the Sky Where a Tree Once Stood." Is that? Can we play that, please? Like us has nothing better to do with their time. It's amazing. I, it is really incredible. And this my, comes with a video, too, so it's great. I called Thank my you. mom last night, and my mom was like, I was watching your show, and that song about the hole in the sky, it just, I mean, I just can't get it out of my head. <laughs> It is. You are afflicted with the same disease as many others. Yeah. Remember, I mean, mm-hmm. this all started because I heard it in the morning and it wouldn't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, <laughs> I had to share it with others because I couldn't be the only one singing it. That song is much more contagious than the coronavirus. It It is. And probably that. more deadly as well. <laughs> uh, what? I can't believe we haven't had an update from these people. Like, did they stop the tree? I know. Did they? Are they grateful for us? Helping them get their song out, right? Did Seattle? You're letting us down. Is the hole still in the sky? Is anyone still making money? I'm curious to know how this turned Seattle? out. Seattle, the mm. hole in the sky. You wouldn't know. It's always cloudy, and the making money. I don't think anymore. No, okay. You know, maybe Amazon, Microsoft, but everyone else. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Socialism kills kids. Uh, All right. Uh, Let me tell you, and I mean that in both ways. Socialism kills, comma, kids, and socialism kills kids. (laughs) But that's a different story. Uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, the coronavirus. You're listening. Next. All right, New Year deserves a new pair of Tecovis boots. Start strong with that feeling of confidence and comfort that only comes with a real high-quality pair of Western boots. Even if you've never worn cowboy boots before, Tecovis has the perfect pair for you. Tecovis boots, they're made to honor the cowboy in all of us. And I don't care where you live, there is a part of you that's cowboy, honorable in your daily dealings, authentic in the way we live, committed to the ideals that built the greatness that is America. And every pair is handmade with high-quality, full-grain leathers by world-class bootmakers with no shortcuts or compromises ever. The styles are classic and handsome up any room they're in, and when you wear your Tecovis, I mean, you shouldn't kick down any doors, but it's good to know that you probably could. Tecovis, they haven't forgotten about middle America. Instead, they cut out the middleman, so you pay a fair price. Plus, free shipping and exchanges makes it simple. So find your pair at tecovis.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovis, Western goods for new frontiers. We have Sarah Carter coming on in just a second. She's going to talk about uh, our mutual friend, Philip Haney, uh, who was found dead on the side of the road in California. Apparently, uh, this patriot got out, uh, was driving down the highway, got out of his car, 
um, stood on the side of the highway, took a gun, pointed it to his own chest, and killed himself. Now, that happens all the time. Hmm. Uh, Police did come out yesterday and say, you know, there might have been a rush to judgment on this. This case is still open. and uh, By the media, right? They're not... uh, They... Isn't that is that what they're saying? Basically, the media came out and, yes. and jumped to a little bit of a conclusion there. Yes, they're saying that they don't know what the cause of right. Death was. They said they're still investigating it, um, but Sarah Carter will fill you in okay. a little bit more on who this guy is and what they're doing. Uh, she's coming up in uh, just a second. Also, we have an amazing update on uh, Bernie Sanders. We're going to talk a little bit about the um, uh, the. South Carolina debate that is happening tonight. Also, a coronavirus update. (laughs) It's pretty incredible what's happening uh, with that. And finally, at least the Boston Herald or whatever it is, the Boston, big Boston paper said, you know, Bernie Sanders could win just because of the coronavirus. Somebody else is looking at the economy. More in a minute. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In South Carolina tonight, the Democratic debate. <laughs> it's another It's another food fight. I can't wait to see what happens and how Bernie Sanders may be on the receiving end of any kind of heat. Are they going to put socialism up at all? Uh, that's happening tonight. We'll give you the details and the pregame on that. Also, the coronavirus and an American hero, apparently in California, stopped his car on a busy highway, got out of his car, took a gun, pointed it at his own chest, and pulled the trigger. Yeah, it was a suicide. Or was it? The latest was Sarah Carter on Patriot and Whistleblower Philip uh, uh Haney coming up in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Google, Amazon, Facebook. Uh, you want to know how good a product is. Just look for the five star review on any of those uh, of those platforms. That's what you should do right now. When I talk to you about shave secret, if you've never heard of it, check it out. See what people are saying about them online. You don't need expensive blades or creams or soaps or gels for a clean, close shave. All you need is Shave Secret. Shave Secret is a proprietary blend of essential oils, and it dramatically reduces nicks and cuts and ingrown hairs and even the, the shaving rash. I don't know if you get that, but, man, it drives me out of my mind. All you have to do is you add three to five drops to the palm of your hand if, if your hands are wet, and then you just massage it into your skin and your beard, and your blade just flies over the beard. Use it for your legs, ladies, or you can use it for your face uh, for men, men and women, widely available. You can find it online at Amazon, also shavesecret.com. If you go to shavesecret.com and use the promo code BECK, you're going to get a 10% discount. So save money by going to shavesecret.com, but you also find it at Amazon. You can find it at Walmart uh, and regionally at HEB and Wegmans grocery stores. Wherever the shaving products are, you will find it. A little teeny bottle of essential oils that are proprietary blend. It is called Shave Secret. It will last a lifetime. It just doesn't stop. It's Shave Secret. Shavesecret.com. 
Sarah Carter, I'm looking at her resume. Formerly Los Angeles News Group, Washington Times, Washington Examiner, wrote numerous exclusives for USA Today, U.S. News World Report. Uh, she is also a reporter now, investigative reporter at Fox News and Fox News contributor. She runs her own website, sarahcarter.com. Sarah, I don't see on your bio that you were with us at The Blaze for a long time. I was with you at The Blaze. It should be right there in my bio. <laughs> it's Blaze. it's it not, been. darn it. I love working at The Blaze. I know. So I will make sure that whoever... No, 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 no. I'm just giving you a hard time. Updated bio. I'm and giving... I, I, loved, I loved being at The Blaze. And I got to tell you, we did such incredible work at The you Blaze. You really did. It was during that... It was during that time that I actually uh, met Philip Haney, uh, got to know him quite well, and what a wonderful human being he was. And hearing about his death was so tragic. Um, it it really shook me to the core because I had actually spoken to Phil, I think maybe three months ago. He had called me. We were talking. And, you know, I was so happy to hear from him. Um you know, he had gone through a pretty rough patch after losing his wife last year, uh, and but he was doing great, and he was getting, you know, uh, he was surrounded by family and friends and everybody who loved him. So hearing about his death was really quite shocking to me. Now, he, um, I understand, was getting married next month. He was also in the middle of writing yes. a new book. Did you get any indication at all that, I mean— you and I, he advised us and was a, a deep throat, if you will, on many stories. Uh, and that guy put himself on the line every day, especially during the Obama administration. That guy was an amazing whistleblower. Um, and he was driven by a higher purpose. Did you get any indication at all he might have committed suicide or was thinking that way or was so depressed? No, actually, no, there was no indication. I mean, particularly when I remember thinking back on my conversation with him, that there was any issue whatsoever, um, that he was despondent or depressed. I had spoken to a very close friend of his, somebody who had actually, and I, I don't want to mention the name just in case it's private, but just for the idea, I can talk about it. Uh, right after um, uh, the news had broke, a uh, very close friend of his uh, called me and said, look, I have just spoken to Phil on Wednesday. We were talking. He was in such good spirits. Uh, not only did we get on the phone, we were chatting back and forth um, in text messages. He was very excited about the future. Um, he was uh, excited to be married. Um, he was really looking forward to the marriage and to his wedding. Uh, so he was very distressed. Um, he did contact this friend of Phil Haney's, did contact the police uh, there in Northern California who were investigating uh, what had happened to him and, and spoke with them and said, look, I've been on the phone with him on Wednesday. I don't know what could have happened. Um, he was very happy. Uh, he had no indication whatsoever that he was going through any kind of depression. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't do it, right? I mean, we're, the police are still investigating this. Um, I know that information came out, and uh, they, they've they said that this appears to be a suicide. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I spoke to, I mean, it's very difficult to believe it was a, if it was a shotgun. I don't know if we have all the details yet. Uh, putting, you know, putting, uh, shooting yourself in the chest is a very unusual way. On the side uh, of the road, pulling your car off on, on the, the side of the road. That right. I mean, right. And usually it's not the chest. I mean, with a shotgun, I'm guessing with a shotgun, it's heavier. If it was a shotgun, 
Um, but it, it's a very uh, a difficult situation. Let's just say it's not something that's commonly done. I, you know, but I, but we don't know. We don't know all the details. All we do know is that Philip Haney was an incredible patriot and human being who really put everything on the line to get the truth out to the American public about what was happening in the Obama administration um, and his long and illustrious career. Uh, you know, uh, from I mean, this is a man who studied Arabic, who understood, you know, the culture, who uh, worked at the DHS and was highly recognized, given all kinds of awards for his work, helped found the Department of Homeland Security. Um, and then everything that happened to him during the Obama administration that was so distressing um, and uh, the the issues that he dealt with when it came to, and I think you'll go into that, Glenn, with me in this call, but as far as exposing what was happening where he was asked to erase databases, loads of information in 2009, um, and, uh, and all the information that, uh, that, that he was asked to remove from the databases that would have helped the DHS connect the dots. Uh, particularly when it came to Islamic extremists in the United States, and he blamed the Obama administration for that. He blamed them for for not uh, for trying to change the narrative, uh, for not telling the American people the truth. And he came out uh, in full force. I do want to get into some of the stuff that you can talk about. You know, um, he was involved in whistleblowing uh, with me on several different things, but I um, he never. Um, uh, we we never discussed it on the air, so I don't want to discuss it uh, just for the estate or whatever. I just don't want to cause any problems. Um, and right. uh, uh, so, can you talk about any of the things that he he did do and the impact that he he made? Well, one of the things that he did talk openly about um, much later in 2016, um, he did write an op-ed uh, for the Hill. Uh, where he talked about his career and talked a little bit um, about, not into the detail that I'm sure he went into with both you and I and others that he spoke to on uh, Capitol Hill, those being senior congressional members. But he did talk in that op-ed on the Hill about what happened to him. And he talked about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, they asked him to delete and modify several hundred records in what the DHS is known as the um, Treasury Enforcement Communication Systems Database. It's called TEX, and that's how everyone knows it, uh, the acronym TEX. So, you know, he was asked to go in there. He was asked to alter documents. He was asked to delete documents. And mainly it was, he believed, to change this narrative and to take away this stigma um, when everybody was struggling with what is extremism, what does Islamist mean? What, is, what are these, uh, you know, particularly back in 2008, 2009, 2010, and even after the September 11th attacks, what, what are these extremist groups about? Who are they? Why are they so devout? And he really felt that the Obama administration was like, look, we don't want – this appears to be anti-Muslim. Uh, we don't want any of this type of narrative. And what had happened was um, – I don't know if everybody remembers, but I'll, to, to remind everyone um, – before there was a Christmas Day attack, there was the, the remember with the bomber uh, on the yeah. airline. They called him the underwear bomber, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it didn't go off. 
basically uh, the, the bomb did not detonate. The passengers on this plane were able to stop it. Uh, Obama became very upset in the administration and said, well, why weren't we able to connect these dots? How come we weren't able to get this, you know, to see this in advance? And Phil Haney was like, well, because you guys deleted everything in the database that would have allowed people to connect the dots. This is not the fault of anybody at the DHS or the intelligence community. You've literally disabled us from being able to do this. And Phil wasn't the only one. I mean, Phil came out publicly, but there were a lot of people, even after, you know, September 11th, 2001, whistleblowers uh, within United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, people within the Department of Homeland Security who were up in arms. And I, I think that's why when Phil died, it was such a shock to everyone because the people that knew him well knew that he was up against a behemoth, right, mm-hmm. of, uh, because he was a whistleblower, of people that did not want him speaking up, people that did not want him pointing out the failures that happened within the American system, within our government, within these agencies that we entrust. And this has been a problem over and over again. We've seen it from Phil, you know, what Phil's exposed, people that were whistleblowers within United States Citizenship and Immigration Services who said, look, we're just letting people into the country. We're not vetting them, Uh, particularly after 2001 when we thought everything was going to get better. It didn't. It went downhill in some cases in some of these agencies. And we see that these bureaucracies were badly managed or either forced to step aside and allow, you know, this type of, I would, I would call it malfeasance to exist within these agencies, you know, because basically if you're asking people who are the best of the best, which Phil was, Phil Haney was, no matter what anyone says, Phil Haney was awarded some of the top awards by the United States government for his work inside the DHS and for what he was able to do, you know, and, and for what he was able to point out prior to them having, him and others erase these databases, um, which is what he claimed. Uh, so it, it is a shock to the system. It's like, wh- what happens to whistleblowers' lives? You know, and you think about so many people that have come forward, real whistleblowers. I'm not talking, you know, people that want to pretend they're whistleblowers, but people with <laughs> firsthand knowledge, right? Firsthand knowledge. They were asked to do something that they believed was wrong, and then they step up and they speak out despite Everything that could happen to them, despite and the backlash. I will tell you that I I was with uh, uh, Philip b- the few days before he came out and uh, announced some of the stuff he did, and he was truly terrified. He was he had been under uh, you know uh, a microscope for so long, and they had been looking for him to destroy him for so long, and he had no protection whatsoever. Uh, and he spent a lot of his time very worried, looking over his shoulder. Sarah, the last question. I know that um, the last time I spoke to him, he was looking into Keith Ellison and Elon Omar, et cetera, et cetera. Then I lost track of him here in the last 18 months. Do you know what he was working on by any chance? Yes, he was. He was continuing to work on Keith Ellison and Ilhan Omar, and he was going to become a very active part of traveling throughout the country and speaking to the American people about, you know, not only his work at DHS, but really trying to 
expose and shed light on what's happening in the United States, and particularly the shift in politics, what's happened with the Democratic Party, you know, its move towards the left, this inability to speak the truth. I think that was really important for Phil. Phil was somebody who respected everyone, whether you were Muslim or whether you were Christian or whether you, he respected everyone. The one thing that he was adamant about was speaking out against extremism. And he said that, you know, he always spoke out against extremists and that's what he was focused on. And he didn't want people, neither Ilhan Omar, neither Keith Ellison or others, you know, and what he saw in the Obama administration, trying to cover that up you know, either for political correctness or because they didn't want to expose what was actually happening within the administration. He wanted to ensure, and I hope we can keep that memory alive and what he wanted alive, Glenn, because he wanted to ensure that the American people knew the truth. They weren't afraid, afraid to face the truth and that the government would react to the truth appropriately so we could save lives and so that we wouldn't allow another September 11th to happen in this country or anywhere else in the world. Sarah Carter. For that, I thank, I thank Phil. Um, and I do as well. Sarah, thank you so much. You can follow Sarah. She's got her own podcast, The Sarah Carter Show. You can follow her at sarahcarter.com um, or Sarah Carter DC, her Twitter handle. You know, a few years ago, I couldn't say this, but look at the people who are actually doing real investigative work now. There's Sarah, there's Cheryl Atkinson, there's Lara Logan, and John Solomon. And I would ask that you would support these people, uh, that you would listen to these people, uh, and that you would pray for these people. uh, Because they are doing really difficult work, and many times they're doing it absolutely alone. Sarah, thank you so much. MyPillow from MyPillow.com. You go to bed and... You can toss and turn, or you can have the comfort of the best pillow. You can have the comfort of the best sheets. They're Giza sheets from from uh, my pillow. These Giza sheets are really, really, really super soft. I'm a sheet snob. It's the one thing. Yeah, regular guy by day, by night, sheet snob. Uh, I don't care what the thread counts. I don't care if I have to sell my car. For really soft sheets, I can't stand, I just can't stand non-soft sheets. Uh, And these are some of the best and most reasonably priced sheets you could imagine. I mean, used to be pay a fortune for Giza uh, cotton sheets because it's the best. It gets softer every time you wash them, every time you sleep in them. And they are so, so soft to begin with and really durable. Now you can get, you buy one set and you get a second set free and they're already priced affordably, but now take basically half off of that because you're getting two sets only from uh, MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Go there now, enter the promo code back. You can call them on the phone, 800-966-3117. Uh, take it from a real sheet snob. These are very, very nice sheets. Uh, and very affordable. They are MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code back after you click on new radio listener specials. MyPillow.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Stu, what are we expecting in the debate tonight? Uh, We have the South Carolina debate. 
next week is the South Carolina Saturday. Uh, oh, is it Saturday? Yeah. I thought it was Tuesday. Uh, no, that's Super Tuesday. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, Super, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. Can I give you a little preview of Super Tuesday here? Yeah. Before we get into the debate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, Nate Silver did the 538 pro- uh, projections as to who's going to win these states. Mm-hmm. Listen to where this stands right now. I was I was blown away by this. California, Sanders, 79% chance to win. 79%. Texas, Sanders, 59% chance to win. Biden is second at 26% chance to win. Wow. So not close, right? North Carolina, Sanders, 52% chance to win. Okay, Biden is second with 24% chance. Then you have Virginia, Sanders at 49%, Biden at 24. Um, That's second place? Second place. Biden, 24%. Bloomberg is also 24% there. Massachusetts, Sanders, 57%. Warren, 26%. This is her state. She's done. She should get out. She should. It, it, well, I hope she stays in because I don't want Bernie Sanders to be the nominee. But Minnesota, Klobuchar, favored, 49%. Sanders, 45 um, then Colorado, Sanders, 83%. Tennessee, Sanders, 45%. Alabama, Biden, 55%. Sanders, 25 It's the only real big thing. There is, if these Sa- numbers hold true, mm-hmm. when the South yeah. is still giving it to him, what does what is the concern of him not being able to win? I know. Oklahoma, Sanders. A- uh, Arkansas, Sanders. Utah, Sanders. Maine, Sanders. Vermont, Sanders. Uh, I mean, everywhere. American Samoa, Sanders. So they've got to take Sanders out. And so this, Bloomberg's not on the debate tonight. Bloomberg is not in there tonight? I, I th- don't think no, so. No, I think he is in there tonight. Steyer is, is also in there tonight, by the way. So you'll actually, well, they're Bloomberg actually expanding is, the field Okay, so if, so if Bloomberg is in tonight, are you sure he's in? I thought he was. Okay, I just could check. Be. Uh, if Bloomberg is in tonight, you're going to see him go after Sanders. He, somebody's got to take Sanders down. So it'll be Buddha Judge, it'll be Biden and uh, uh, and Bloomberg if he's there. And I and I'll say too, you know, look, this happened with with uh, Biden in his first debate. You have that bad performance, you have an opportunity. The American people will let you say, okay, what are you going to do the next time? Was that a fluke? Was he was he rusty? He has an opportunity here to make an impact tonight. If he blows it again tonight. This is this is the downhill slide. I, think, I can continues. guarantee you, he is still in the forest holding that axe, going, "Oh yo, oh yo." He's beyond rusty. <laughs> he has frozen solid. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn Beck. I have the coronavirus coming up. Uh, the update coming up in just a few minutes, and. Uh, holy cow! The things that are going on with the economy. I, the Boston Herald just reported where is it the boston herald said uh basically i'll give the story to you in a minute that uh between bernie sanders and the coronavirus the economy is going to go down which could lead to ushering a socialist into office and i think that could be our future is very uncertain right now very uncertain please go to gold line now before things really get crazy Call them at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. If you don't have, uh, if you haven't gone at least to Costco or gone to, you know, My Patriot Supply and gotten food storage just for this uh, crisis of coronavirus, if you haven't thought about precious metals in gold or silver, uh, you're fooling yourself. Please, this is a time of crisis and you're still just ahead of it. Call Goldline now and get their information 
Find out if Precious Metals is right for you. It is for my family. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Okay, the debate field tonight is Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Warren, Biden, Sanders, Steyer, and Bloomberg and will Bloomberg. be there. We'll, uh, we'll give you all the updates tomorrow. We've got a lot still to come. Some new information on Bernie Sanders, who is absolutely a communist. And I'll explain that and back it up with the facts uh, coming up in about 25 minutes. Also, you don't want to miss Wednesday night special, the Glenn Beck Wednesday night special. This time, Bernie Sanders and the fires of the revolutionaries that are backing him. Uh, We are entering a very, very dangerous time. And America is just playing footsies. Uh, with a a dangerous man and ideology. I know, Bernie Sanders, he couldn't hurt a fly. Really? Wait until I show you those around him and how many flies they don't mind swatting on tomorrow's special, the Wednesday night special only on Blaze TV. Now, let me give you a couple of updates here. First of all, I've got an update on the coronavirus coming up in about an hour. You don't want to miss that. Let me just give you one highlight on it. Uh, coronavirus fears causing mortgage rates to plunge now to an eight-year low. This is good, but I want you to understand it's because nothing is happening. Nobody is spending money. Companies are now uh, in real dire straits, having to lower their expectations for Wall Street, Um And mortgage applications are not real strong right now. And so the Fed has has lowered them to a uh, eight year low. Aggressive lenders will be at three point two five today. Three point two five percent interest rate for your mortgage. Uh, The Treasury 10 year Treasury. The yield is also eight year low and could sink even lower. That is, uh, that's going to be interesting to see where we go if trouble from the coronavirus does hit. Now, listen to this. This is from the Boston Herald. Let's see if this sounds familiar. It would be the ultimate twist in the 2020 election, a virus from the largest communist dictatorship in the world, putting a socialist in the White House. Yeah, that would be ironic, right? All this time, we were worried about Russia interfering with the presidential race. No, it turns out the Chinese-originated coronavirus could now pose a bigger threat to Donald Trump's re-election and could end up aiding Bernie Sanders' socialist revolution. The evidence is already there. The Dow Industrial Average plummeted Monday by more than 1,000 points amid fears of a coronavirus leading to a global economic crisis. Trump has long crowed about presiding over a record-breaking stock market surge and is counting on a robust U.S. economy to convince voters to put him in the White House for another four years. He said yesterday, coronavirus is very much under control in the U.S. We are in contact with everyone and with relevant countries. CDC and World Health have been working hard and very smart. Stock market is starting to look very good to me. Well, this writer said, I don't know what stock market he's looking at. I don't know. A stock market that just lost 
a lot of points. That's usually when you buy. You buy low and you hold it. That's the the idea. Until it gets lower, then you sell again, right? Yeah. That's pretty much how yeah, you we, keep <laughs> right. You just keep selling. <laughs> just keep selling I mean, as it gets lower. Yeah. He, I think that's a totally correct analysis though. The, the biggest vulnerability for Donald Trump in his reelection is the economy going bad oh, for yeah. any reason. And right oh, now, yeah. I, I mean, obviously the biggest reason that it would happen is coronavirus really gets out of control and shuts things down. Right. And not only that, but if Bernie Sanders begins to look like the guy, mm-hmm. you are going to see a flight of capital. You're going to see companies. They're going to start saying, I don't know if we should spend this right now. I don't know if what we should do. I don't know. Should we take some of our money and bring it out of the country? Remember all that repatriated capital that came in to the United States. Where is that capital going to go if they think they're going to be taxed into oblivion? Yeah, it's going to leave. Right. And, and I think there's an argument. We, we've had this before. We've talked about it in that, like, I think under normal circumstances, Bernie Sanders is the easiest to beat in many ways on the left out of these candidates um however in abnormal circumstances that's not really the case and i think you know with with sanders you can make the argument that sanders um i mean the argument with trump in 2016 by people who did not think he was going to win i did not think he was going to win in 2016 at least particularly in the primary but in 2016, the argument was, well, look at his polls. He can't take anything out of those. They're going to fail eventually. He's got a ceiling. Uh, you know, the, you can't trust that? these polls. He's well. He's the most well-known in the field. Uh, all mm. Blah, 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 blah. What happened with Trump is the polls held, and they kept increasing the entire time. Yeah. And a lot of people look, at the, you know, look back at the polls of 2016 and say, oh, the polls sucked. Well, the polls called Trump really early. I mean, they, they, knew, they knew about Trump way before any of the pundits knew about Trump. And so they called that really early. You look at Sanders polling. He's leading the field by a large margin when it comes to the Democratic primary. He's the overwhelming favorite to be the nominee. And in his matchups against Donald Trump, in his matchups against other candidates, in his favorability numbers, they're all incredibly strong. Okay, so I me- assume they're going to start ticking down at some point, but... I mean, I may be repeating history here. Listen to this. In in Alabama in 2015, Trump drew a, a 30,000 people, a, a crowd in Alabama. In January 2016, shortly before the New Hampshire primary, he had 8,000 supporters at his rally. Well, uh, Sanders just packed 7,500 people into his rally in New Hampshire. In Denver, they had him at a 5,000-seat venue in Denver, he had to, because demand was so high, he had to go to a larger venue where he drew 11,000 people. So he's got the same kind of passion behind him where people are coming out to, to see him. Now, let's remember that Carl Rove was the guy who said, Mr. Trump is a standard bearer. The GOP will lose the White House and the Senate. It's majority in the House, and it will fall dramatically I believe I said things like that. If we nominate Trump, Lindsey Graham, we'll get destroyed and we'll deserve it. Well, it turned out to be wrong. Now, Democrats, some of them are giddy at the prospect of running against him, predicting, predicting that he's going to get uh, uh, crushed, crushed. They were giddy in 2016 that Donald Trump was going to get crushed. They now, we, we are the ones giddy that 
oh, this is going to be great. We're going to run against Bernie Sanders. Not so fast, because what Stu just brought up is true. They're, they're comparing him now to McGovern. And they said, you know, this is going to be McGovern. It's going to be a sweep. He'll lose to Richard Nixon by 23 points. Well, that happened with Nixon. The thing is, is that you don't have the same situation. Nixon never polled less than 53%, while McGovern never got over 38%. Trailing Nixon in some polls by 30 points. Right now, the post-ABC polls show Sanders topping Trump 51 to 45. Now, that doesn't mean the election is going to turn out that way. But it's not the same scenario as it was with McGovern and Nixon. These are different times. And what I love is is uh, one of the pundits saying, uh, uh, the question is whether Republicans can paint Sanders' democratic socialism as something to fear. And fear is crucial in motivating voters, and the GOP Republicans are masters of using it. In recent years, they've warned about threats posed by everything from Muslims to gay marriage to Hispanic immigrants. Really? Because I think I've just spent four years hearing you talk about the Russians and how the Russians were coming for us. Uh, I've, I've listened for the last what, 12 years about how evil conservatives are, how we're going to let people pile up in bodies, just just a giant pile of bodies by our uh, hospitals because we don't care. You're afraid of the Tea Party being radicals. You're afraid of gun owners. You call everybody Nazis, white supremacists. Remember your your guy that you wanted to have win, Joe Biden, was the guy who said, I'm telling you right now, they're going to lock you all back up in chains. You remember that? that was that fear? We're supposed to fear the capitalists and the drug companies. Barack Obama told us about the doctors that were cutting people's feet off. Do you remember that? Cutting people's feet off because they could save money in this capitalist society. The the Uh, piles of tonsils we saw all around the country. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. So the fear is, is out there. I think one fear is justified. The fear of the left is that it's all about the white man keeping you down. It's all about capitalizing, stealing your future. It's all about global warming, destroying the planet in 12 years. Here's a real one. Bernie Sanders loves the communist system, has always loved the communist system, always. He's an international socialist. He has surrounded himself with socialist radicals, revolutionaries. He has surrounded himself with anti-Semites. He has surrounded himself with, uh, uh, with globalist, Marxist, revolutionaries, people who have worked with Occupy Wall Street. There's not a soul among them that likes America. That's who his that's that's who's following him. That is who's pushing in the inside. And America is going to get exactly what they deserve, but do not dismiss him. That was the mistake the left made. I think if it is Bernie Sanders, it will be a fight to the end. I didn't think so just a few months ago because I did think he had a ceiling. But look at what look at what Stu just gave you in the 
the poll numbers for Super Tuesday. Except for Minnesota, he's winning, according to the polls and the odds from 538, he's winning in every state. Alabama, I believe, was also Biden. But uh, that's okay. it. Two. Only two. Two out of all of those. Two. Whatever it is. And we're getting his polling against Trump in head-to-head matchups, which you can you can say might not hold up. It doesn't always, but is really good compared to the other candidates. I mean, it, he's he's winning a lot of the polls. He's winning in swing states um, against uh, against Trump in in a lot of polls. That does not mean he's going to hold on. And I think when it comes down to a one-on-one battle, right, people are going to you're 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 sitting in Pennsylvania. You want you want socialism coming into your state? Well, look, I can't imagine that. But here's, you know, again, you, who knows? It gets scary when you're down to a one-on-one battle. Here's why. Here's why this is happening. Since World War II, we've told everybody that you got to go to college. You have to go to college. You have to. Then what did we do? Loans and subsidies became available to everybody. The government was going to guarantee the loans. Well, that's why college tuition has gone up six times more than the rate of inflation since 1970. It's way outpacing health care. So you've got to have college. You've got to go to college. It's the most important thing. Everybody should have the best college experience. Okay, now you're sitting with $1.6 trillion in loans with people who can't get jobs, and they've got this education that the system sold them. Of course, when somebody steps up and says, I want I'm going to I'm going re- to erase all of that debt. Of course, it was important. I did what the system told me to do. And now I'm stuck with this. Both parties have ignored young voters. Young voters have been ignored for a long time. The Democrats, because of the Democratic Socialist, have been speaking directly to them. Also. The Democrats have made it impossible. Every the the House is always on fire, always on fire. Mitt Romney was the worst guy you could ever have. Here's a guy who I don't agree with his policies on. I don't agree with what he does. I don't even like the dude, but I do think he's an honorable guy, or it did. But they made him into the Antichrist that was torturing dogs giving people haircuts. I mean, enough, enough. And now that the sky is falling, now that it is, okay, these are the guys we predicted. This is what we predicted. Now what? Now what? Now nobody believes you. No, Now nobody believes that, oh, he's going to do anything radical. And you know what? Maybe he should because this system is broken and they have relentlessly taught this to our kids. Don't dismiss Bernie Sanders. Don't dismiss. And Democrats, don't dismiss Donald Trump because both sides are setting up for a walk through a wall of fire to vote. And this time, it may actually be to vote for somebody, not against. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there's a man right now who's been bold all his life. From business and family he formed in his early days to the careers and lives he helped to form in his middle age. To the way now he's sending, uh, he's spending his sundown years wrapped in the beautiful mysteries of a life custom built through hard work and perseverance to his own liking. He can be called nothing if he can't be called bold. His life has been a personal sacrifice, a, and appreciation, those fundamental agree- ingredients 
that create something called integrity. And few things show off integrity like a pair of Tecovis boots do. They are handmade. It takes 200 handmade steps to make a pair of Tecovis boots. Other people can cut the corners. Ah, we only need 100 of those, and we'll make them with a machine. But these are timeless. It's timeless style, timeless quality. It was relevant 50 years ago. It's going to be relevant even maybe more so in 50 years from now. Twice the quality of a similarly priced boot and half the price of the boots of this quality. It is Tecovis. See what speaks to your own integrity. Find your pair now at T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. That's Tecovis dot com slash back. Tecovis, Western goods for your frontiers. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Bernie Sanders, you got to stop calling him a democratic socialist. This guy is a guy who has never met a communist regime he doesn't like. Um, And he is the radical to get it done. I want to explain the difference between him and Barack Obama uh, that we learned about Barack Obama uh, when he got into office. And there's a big difference between him and Bernie Sanders. Huge difference. And I'll explain that and break some news on Bernie Sanders in a minute. You're listening to Glenn Beck. There is a new story story that has just been posted at glenbeck.com that I want you to read revealing Bernie's dark side one 1980s quote at a time. There's some new information on Bernie Sanders, something that he talked about in the 1980s. Oh no, but don't worry about it. He's he's not really a radical marxist. No. He's more like Sven in Sweden. No, he's not. We begin there in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. I have to tell you, this is absolutely true. My dog, Uno, is great, and we love him. Um, but he had uh, he was kind of in an arranged marriage because when he came to the house, we had Ella. Because you have to, if you're introducing a new dog, you have to go male and female. And when the alpha dies, the female becomes the alpha, and then... Anyway, it's a long nightmare. So he was in an arranged marriage, and he was miserable, miserable. When she died, he changed, like, a lot. It was like, did we just buy you a Corvette, man? Are you going through your midlife crisis? It was amazing. It was amazing. The one thing that wouldn't change was he just wouldn't eat, and he hated the food and everything else. And we thought we saw a big change when she died. We were like, he's got a new lease on life. She was... 
She was the B word literally and figuratively in his life. And uh, and and we saw we thought we had seen a huge change and we did. Then we started feeding him rough greens, R-U-F-F, rough greens. Let me tell you, he would not eat. He, we were always trying to get him to gain weight. You literally would have to sometimes hand feed him to get him to start or he'd just sniff at it and he'd walk away and he wouldn't eat. I mean, there were there were times that he wouldn't eat for three days and no matter what you did, couldn't do anything about it. Well, we started giving him rough greens and one of the reasons was because we wanted him to start eating. He snarfs that food now. He goes in and he just lick literally licks the bowl clean and it is gone immediately doesn't matter the how you could set him on fire and he's not stopping eating the thing we didn't really know that we were going to see was the dramatic difference in him he is so much more active so much more alive he is he's thriving and you know we we love our dog it's he's a part of the family they all are even the wicked witch was part of our family, and uh, we want them to live long lives unless they're in pain, and German shepherds don't live that long sometimes, and uh, we want him to live for a long time, but we want him to really thrive. Rough greens changes your dog. Believe me, don't believe me. Watch the video I took of my dog. It's incredible. Rough greens it's not a food, it's a supplement. It has all of the alive stuff, you know, all the probiotics and everything that you just don't get from your other dog food. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. You can call them now at 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. I love my dog, you love yours. Try it now, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Justin Haskins uh, is... A good friend of the free market, a good friend of the Constitution, and a good friend of mine. He is also a guy who has really helped out uh, on my next book uh, called Arguing with Socialists. Uh, He is a researcher extraordinaire and and pretty much a geek uh, when it comes to, you know, staying at home and reading old documents. Welcome to to the program, Justin. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, what a, what an introduction. Yeah. I'm a geek. Yeah, well. I appreciate it. But yeah. it's true. Very, you know that. Accurate. I mean, geeks of the world unite. Um, <laughs> you are, uh, you're a guy who found an old article that nobody has exposed yet. We just put it up on glenbeck.com. Uh, your article called Revealing Bernie's Dark Side, One 1980s Quote at a Time. You found who even knew there was such a publication called the what was it the uh, the, militant. the militant that's what it is the militant what an article do you want to take us through yeah yeah absolutely so uh, what I've been spending my Saturday nights doing mm-hmm. is uh, looking through old communist newspapers in particular this communist newspaper called the Militants which is a publication of the Socialist Workers Party. And throughout the 1980s, these these publications have tons of interviews with Bernie Sanders, who at the time was known as the America's socialist mayor. He was uh, mayor of Burlington, Vermont, and uh, they loved him as the Socialist Workers Party because Bernie Sanders, it turns out, was a big communist, not just a socialist, a communist. 
He supported communist presidential candidates in 1980 and 1984. Uh, he actively campaigned for them. He, he agreed to be a presidential elector for the Socialist Workers Party. And so they have all these interviews with Bernie Sanders. They quote him a lot. And one of the interviews that I found that was particularly dis disturbing was this interview right after he became mayor of Burlington. And they talk about all sorts of different topics. But the thing that really struck me, the thing that I really I haven't heard anywhere else this, this reported, I think this has been lost for decades, is he's talking about police support. And to, to fully understand this, this quote, you have to you have to grasp that within the communist movement and the socialist movement, both today and in the 1980s, they really don't like police. They hate police. They talk about it all the time. And so one of the criticisms of Bernie Sanders, believe it or not, was that he got police support, local police support. So they're asking him about this, and they're saying, hey, it's controversial to some socialists that you got this police support. What do you have to say? And he provides this answer about cops and how they've, there's some good cops here and they're let, good let trade me, unionists. Let me, let me, yeah, let, let me read it uh, verbatim. Uh, Sanders added that he knows that some police forces are dominated by fascists and Nazis. But on the other hand, we have a police force and we may, may have our own bad eggs, too. But I don't consider these guys who are making $10,000 a year as my enemies as much as many offend certain people in the left wing movement. We've got good cops here. They're good trade unionists, all regular trade union issues, people who have a concern for young people. Probably the major crime problem we have in the city is with young people. These police see the futility of arresting poor kids all of the time. They want to get involved in some of the projects that we're beginning to do um, uh, to uh, dent this surface on. So he's saying here. Yeah, I know cops are bad. We all know cops are bad. But our cops are trade unionists. And so because they're good members of the union, they're actually good. Most police forces. I mean, I love this. He knows that, okay, he says some police forces are dominated by fascists and Nazis. I'd like to know which ones. <laughs> So, so would I. I imagine he thinks it's actually more than just a few police forces. It's it's important to note that actually the writer is the one who said some police forces. The direct quote from Bernie begins with are dominated by fascists and Nazis. And then there's a dot, 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 meaning we don't know what he said immediately after that. Right, right. It was left out of the story. So who knows what sort of a rant he went on to add things to this to this mix. But it just goes to show you. Bernie Sanders is not just this, you know, I, I love Sweden and Norway and Denmark, and I just want the world to be like that. No, he is a radical Marxist, I believe, Trotskyite socialist uh, who, who wants to radically transform the United States. So tomorrow, Justin, I'm doing a special on the people surrounding him. And the people that are in his campaign are terrifying, truly terrifying, because they are revolutionaries. He is a revolutionary. Are you shocked at uh, the willingness for uh, of apparently the average Democrat to just get on board the Sanders train and ride that right into the, the communist hell station? <laughs> I, I am not for this reason. 
I don't think, I think this is so radical, but he is so radical, so extreme, that when you bring these things up, when you talk about his support for, for Fidel Castro and Cuba and the Sandinistas and Nicaragua and, and the Soviet Union and all these things, it sounds so crazy. I think most people don't believe it. That's, that's really where I think this is at. I don't think people believe it because it sounds almost like it's a vast right-wing conspiracy, right? It doesn't I mean, sound can, real. Wait a minute. Could you imagine anyone, left or right, anyone getting on the stage and going, of course I condemn the Holocaust. Of course I condemn the brown shirts. Of course we all know about Hitler, and I condemn all of that. But let's talk about the Volkswagen. Let's talk about his health care. Let's talk about his his youth program. Let's talk about the superhighway, the Autobahn that he he did a lot of good things. Of course, we condemn the Holocaust. Can you imagine anyone of any party getting away with that? How the hell is he getting away with this when it comes to Stalin, China, Cuba, Venezuela? I mean, the, the answer is really obvious. It's that the mainstream press lets him get away with it because they are, in in many cases, at the very least, sympathetic to his views, and they and they are secretly rooting for him to win. I mean, that's that's the only explanation because if they had even an ounce of honesty in them, they would point out just how incredibly radical this man truly is. They would point out that he is actively sympathizing and has been actively sympathizing for decades with radical communist and socialist groups. Again, communist groups, Marxist groups for decades. And some people might look at it and say, well, this is 1980. That was 40 years ago. People say really horrible, you know, sometimes stupid, foolish things when they're young, except Bernie wasn't young. He was <laughs> in his 40s. When yeah. he said this. He's a middle aged man. Uh, and and he's not changing. You know, it's one thing if he would be like, you know, I said those things about communism, but then the wall came down and I saw what it really was. No, he's saying today the same things he said back then. There's nothing changed. That's that's exactly right. And he visited those places. I know. He went to the Soviet Union. He went to Nicaragua. He actually saw these things with his own eyes. He met with, with the president of Nicaragua, Daniel Ortega. I mean, he knew these people. He saw what was going on. He is just as radical as it seems he is. It's just so hard to believe that someone that radical, that Marxist, that crazy could get this far. And yet that's exactly where we're at. This man could very likely be, in fact, I think he will be one of two people who will be chosen in November to be president of the United States. That is horrifying. So, Justin, let's not do, because I find myself listening to people saying the same thing about Bernie Sanders that everybody said about Donald Trump. Oh, he's not going to win. These, This is, a, you know, he's crazy. He's radical. Or... How is it that these people, they must be bad. They, the voters must be bad. They must be communists. They must, they know this. Why won't they do anything about him? He's a danger. Well, that wasn't true about our side. So why do we, why do we accept that about the left, or I shouldn't say the left, the Democrats? What is happening in the lives of the Democrats, the average neighbor Democrat, not the crazy ones, but the average Democrat, what is happening in their life that is allowing them to say, oh, no, you know what? I'll vote for Bernie Sanders. I don't really care. 
I want the, I want I want Donald Trump out so badly that I'll vote for this guy and shut all reason off. Right. I think that there's a couple of really key important things that have happened. Number one is all of the main institutions are taken over by leftists who have who have basically taught a whole generation, really two generations uh, of people that these ideas really aren't that bad. They don't teach them the history of what's happened in many of these countries that have tried these ideas. So a lot of people are just frankly ignorant about this stuff. That's a big part of it. The other thing is there's been this very uh, deliberate campaign attempt by Bernie Sanders and other people, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, lots of other socialists to paint Scandinavia as what they're looking for, when in reality, that's not what they're looking for. And those countries aren't socialist countries, but they've done a very good job of convincing regular people who don't pay attention to the issues very closely that these are the socialist countries that they're trying to be like. And nobody would look at Sweden and say, well, that's a socialist hellhole. Nobody does that. So it's allowed them to point to finally have something that they can hold up and say, here's an example of something that works, that socialism that works. And this is what we want. And it makes people feel comfortable with calling themselves a socialist and supporting a socialist because they think that's what they're shooting for. Well, when in reality, it's not what they're shooting for. Uh, it is. It's a, a remarkable to me. And you will find it in this article now at glennbeck.com revealing Bernie's dark side, one 1980s quote at a time. He, that's not what he's shooting for. He may say that, but that's not what he's shooting for. Uh, and if you look at his policies, it's not Sweden. It's not anything like what is happening in the Scandinavian countries at all, uh, or even at the height of when they were socialist in the 60s and 70s. It's not what he is proposing. I want to ask you one theory um, or listen to listen to a theory of mine about the difference between Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders uh, in one minute. I get the answer again from Justin Haskins. Uh, and Justin, again, wrote that great article. You find it now. Share it with some friends uh, at glenbeck.com. Well, emergencies seem to happen overnight. Or do they really? I mean, like coronavirus I've been talking to a lot of people uh, and said, okay, so what are we doing to prepare for, you know, massive system failure here and people can't be able to get to work? And everybody two weeks ago said, well, that's crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, I just want to plant that seed in your head. It might happen. I don't think it will, but it might. Now, yesterday I spoke to some more people and they were like, oh, you know what? We should think about that. But most people will wait until the emergency happens. And then many times it's too late they don't actually happen overnight. You just don't pay attention to them. If you haven't been to My Patriot Supply and you don't have your food, you know, let me just say this. I don't care if you go to Costco and just get two weeks worth of food. You're going to pay a lot of money for it, and you might wait for a while, but you should have some food in your house for a two-week period. Now, my choice is My Patriot Supply because I buy it once and I can keep it and it doesn't matter when that emergency ha- happens. I don't have every time have to go, shoot, and I should go to Costco. No, go to My Patriot Supply. They will ship it to you right away, right now. You can get 45% off a two-week emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for one person for two solid weeks. Get one for every member of your family. Get it now. You don't know how the world is going to change 
overnight. Literally, we're in that position. Go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Do it now while supplies last. 10 seconds. Station ID. So Justin Heskins is with us. Justin, let me ask you this a theory of mine on the difference between Barack Obama. We saw when Barack Obama came in, we saw Barack Obama for what he was and what some of the people that he put around him were. They were Marxist radicals. But the the key to the failure for Marxism on Barack Obama was he surrounded himself with all of the Clinton people. And the Clinton people may have been about corruption or they may about they may have even been just about good, you know, uh, very, very progressive policies, but they weren't going to end capitalism. And so Barack Obama came in and he's promoting this change and he's, you know, this good soldier of Jeremiah Wright's and the left gets excited about it. But when he gets in, the Clinton people kind of stop him from doing anything too radical and so he loses all of his support. I mean, he still wins the second term, but he's not drawing big crowds and he's not this icon. Bernie Sanders is not the guy to surround himself with people from the Clinton campaign or from the DNC. He despises them. He'll go in and he will use every lever he has to fundamentally change in a four-year period. You agree with that? Oh, without without question, without question. Um, I think I agree. With, I agree with your your theory about Barack Obama. I would add that really the biggest obstacle standing in his way was the Tea Party movement yeah. of 2010. It completely crushed any hope that he had of of, of accomplishing further reforms. Uh, and so, and I think that 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 stunted a lot of what he was trying to achieve. But you're absolutely right. He was a Barack Obama was as socialist as you could get while being in within the sort of framework establishment Democratic Correct. framework. Right. He's totally um, Bernie Sanders is out and Bernie Sanders will use every lever. I mean, he will use. I think I think the uh, uh, net neutrality and the uh, fairness doctrine for broadcast rules. I think those are picnics compared to what will happen to shut people like us down and keep us quiet. Absolutely. He's going to use every tool at his disposal to enact what he believes are essential reforms to the system. He wants to completely get rid of our current system. Um, I think that one of the best tools he's going to use is modern monetary theory, this idea that we oh, can yeah. just print an infinite amount of money to pay for whatever we want to pay for, and then to control society by controlling spending. I believe he's going to do that, and he may actually get a lot of Republicans on board with that yeah. because they don't seem to care about the debt anymore either. You're, you're, you're right. Um, the executive – look – Donald Trump has done a lot of really, really good things, but there's a there's a fatal flaw in the Trump administration's tenure. And that fatal flaw is that most of it's been done through executive action, much like Barack Obama's second term. Yep. And that stuff can all be wiped out yep. anytime the next president wants. And Republicans in Congress failed to actually get things codified into law. And yep. so now... All of these positive reforms can be wiped away with a single pen stroke, and that's exactly what Bernie Sanders will do, and then he'll replace it with socialist right. policies instead. Justin, thank you very much. Make sure you get uh, his article at glenbeck.com. Also, Arguing with Socialists, my new book. Order it now on Amazon. Comes out April 7th.
You're listening to Glenn Beck. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I want you to listen carefully right now. Right now, it just came out. The Fed is cutting interest rates again. It's at a 10-year low. Aggressive mortgage uh, rates are 3.25%. That's unheard of. A 10-year low, and we haven't hit anything yet. Please, please, if you have a credit card, it's got to be in double digits. Some credit cards now are 21% interest rate. Got to get out of that and get out of it now. I urge you to make a 10-minute phone call, whether you are buying a house, whether you want to refi. Um, you know, if you have any mortgage that is, is, you know, not at least 10 years old, you've got to refi because you're going to save, it could be $1,000, $1,500 a month. Please do the financially responsible thing right now. AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. AmericanFinancing.net. They have you covered coast to coast. 800-906-2440. The truth about democratic socialism and Michael Malice on tonight on Studios America. Subscribe on uh, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's go to our coronavirus update uh, for the day. We now have globally 80,377 people with the coronavirus. Uh, 2,707 is the current death count. Recovered is 27,904. Now, of the 80,000 people, 77,666 are all in China, and they are still growing. Last night, they had 516 new cases reported and another 72 deaths in China alone. Uh, Out of all of the active cases, 81% are mild and 19% are severe. But again, most of them are in China. In South Korea, last night, the South Korean president is saying that this is actually getting pretty dicey there. They have 977 people that are infected. Uh, That is up overnight, 144 new cases and three new deaths. Last night in Italy, they had another 58 people uh, that uh, were reported to be infected with corona. Iran up 34 with a total now of 95 people. They're reporting a death rate of 19%, but I just don't know how that is uh, true. Uh, In the U.S. currently, the same as there was yesterday, 53. 53 that are infected with the coronavirus and no new cases in America and zero deaths. That's really good news. Now, the reason why we want to bring you this update is because I really strongly believe that the coronavirus is going to cause us real economic trouble and and also health problems and not the way everybody else is talking about it. Let me just go through some of the headlines. Is this the disease X 
that the World Health Organization has predicted. We've been talking about a, a disease, they call it disease X, some sort of a pandemic flu that would go around and sweep the earth. They've been looking for it for a long time. Scientists are saying whether this will be contained or not, this outbreak is rapidly becoming the first true pandemic challenge that fits disease X and that category. South Korea and China on Sunday re- uh, reported a rise in the new cases. Uh, the South Korean prime minister has said it is a, a grave stage now in South Korea. Some virus clusters have shown no direct link to travel to China, and that's what's disturbing. They can't figure out exactly how this is uh, spreading. Two, uh, a dozen towns in northern Italy went into lockdown. We told you about that yesterday, um, and they they tested hundreds of people that have con- came into uh, contact with them. Two people have died uh, in uh, in Italy, and it is now spread to more than two dozen countries and territories. Uh, some of those infected caused uh, caught the virus in their local community with no known link to China. This is according to the U.S. CDC. In Hong Kong, they have extended their school closings until April 20th at, quote, the earliest. Also, we have some things that are happening here in the United States that I think we should pay attention to that I think are very, very uh, good. Uh, Donald Trump asked for $2.5 billion to fight the coronavirus And he got a billion dollars for work on a new vaccine. This is something the United States government should be spending their money on. Um, We have to be very aggressive on this. We have to learn from the mistakes of the rest of the world. And we could lead the world uh, in a fight for a vaccine for this. So, you know, a vaccine is going to be hard to find. But, you know, we told you just about an hour ago. MIT just found a um, an antibiotic that is not resistance to the worst strains of E. coli. We have always had a strain of E. coli that we just could not kill. Well, it took them about a day and a half, and it crunched, I think, 125 million different combinations of antibiotics and finally came up with an antibiotic that will kill E. coli. With the technology that we have now and the amount of money that will be spent on this, this is where America can break through and shine. And I commend the president on uh, getting the money for the search for a vaccine here in America. There is another problem that the president should be looking at, and that is the the fact that under the clinton campaign and then under the bush uh reign we we shipped all of our drug making capabilities to china when it comes to antibiotics they make 99.7% of all of our antibiotics now india is in the same situation except they get 80% of the raw materials to make their drugs and antibiotics from China. And already they are in massive trouble because of this. Here in America, we don't get the raw materials. We buy the drug from a laboratory in China. 
99.7% of these. Missouri conservative uh, has um, written a letter to the U.S. FDA uh, commissioner. We're talking about Josh Hawley. And he is saying we need the federal government to invest in helping rebuild our industrial base using advanced manufacturing technology that can produce our medicines more cheaply, safely, and with a smaller environmental footprint and fully from soup to nuts from those core raw materials to finished drug in one location all here in the United States. I couldn't agree more. Think locally. Everything we have, when it comes to banking, think locally. The bigger that bank is, the more chance it has to be destroyed because it is connected to everything that could get sick, either financially or physically. Think locally. We have to start thinking this way because everything is about to break down. Everything we have is going to change. And it's good and part of progress. But we can't think the way, you know, it's, it's good to have global markets. But we better be making our own medicine and having things here. And when that, uh, if you understand that concept, think beyond locally, think personally. It's time for you to check your finances again. Uh, it's time for you to really look into where you stand financially. Where do you stand with a plan of, are you living in an inner city? Is there anyone that if things start to go haywire, you could go and bring your own food and everything else and live way out of the city? Because the cities are going to be overburdened. Um, how are you doing financially right now? Can you buy some extra food? Can you do the things in case the stores are closed? 70% right now, everyone was supposed to return to work in the last week uh, in China. Only 70% of grocery stores and convenience stores are opened up. Everything else, most of the malls and everything else, they're still closed. You can't really buy anything except groceries. And only 70% of those stores are open today. There's no reason to panic. There's no reason to worry about things. Just start being smart. Yesterday, I talked to uh, some people at our network at Premier uh, and at Blaze. And I said, look, I think it's time just to think. And if you're a business person, you should be thinking this way. Can't, this is not going to happen. But in case it does... You don't want to be thinking about it when the rest of the world is panicking because they're talking about closing schools and everything else here. What is the contingency plan to make sure that business continues? Now is the time to start thinking about those things. And it's not just from sickness here. The coronavirus outbreak is already a global crisis as companies worldwide are forced to issue profit warnings. The U.S. credit card network cut its revenue growth forecast as the spread of infections puts off travelers. They have, in fact, the Chicago-based United Credit scrapped its 2020 profit forecast altogether and said we have no idea how to predict what is coming. 
The problem is the concern in the industry is the global supply chain. Think locally. The global supply chain has disrupted production, logistics, sales for business uh, that churn out any kind of essential from Procter Gamble in the U.S. to Germany's um, Adidas. Adidas is down, I think, what is it, 70 percent? Nestle pushed back its target for sales growth. Um, they are the their second mar- uh, the the nation. China is their second largest uh, uh, market. Um, you had Adidas saying that business slumped eighty five percent. Burberry is down. All of these things are happening around the globe, and they will eventually affect you and your money. You have um, Jim Cramer yesterday giving a talk on TV saying, you know, it's crazy if you don't talk about it. And it's crazy if you do talk about it. So I'm just going to talk about it because we should all be prepared. Now, good news and bad news, and then we'll wrap it up here. Let me give you the bad news. No, let me give you the good news first. Coronavirus has caused mortgage rates to plunge now to an eight year low. I'm not going to get into all the details because those are kind of bad news. But right now, mortgage rates are going down. Here's the really bad news, and this is where I get pissed, really pissed. Coronavirus has just claimed its first victim, Mission Impossible 7. They have stopped the filming of Mission Impossible 7. Now I'm pissed off. Now I want $2 billion dollars for a uh, some sort of a uh, some sort of a inoculation i don't care how we do it but i want some sort of serum because i will not wait too much longer for mission impossible 7 and that's your coronavirus update for the day tomorrow i'm going to tell you one of the most dangerous conspiracy theories i have heard on this uh and what a surprise it's coming from iran and russia Now, everybody deals with pain from time to time. One of the few guarantees that we all have in life, death, taxes, pain. When we we have it, we do what we do with taxes. We just grin and bear it. We deal with it. We move forward. But sometimes there is no moving forward when it comes to pain because it comes back day after day until it just fills your world and steals the light out of your life. And you're you're like, I can't do anything that that I want to do. Know this. It doesn't have to be that way. Now, I got to the point in my life where I thought, yeah, well, maybe not for other people, but it's like that for me, and it's, it looks like this is it. This is the way I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Relief Factor is a great way to reduce that inflammation that causes pain, and it works for 70% of us who try it. I'm one of them, and I can't speak highly enough about Relief Factor Please, if you're in pain, please just try this. Take it as directed for three weeks. If it doesn't work, yes, you're out 20 bucks. But if it does, like it does for 70%, you get your life back. So try it, please. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I'm just going to go right to this audio because I, 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 I'm uncomfortable even describing what it is. Listen. We've got a candidate who's risen in the polls because of his track record. Bernie has all of this loopy stuff in his background saying things like, you know, uh, women get cancer from having too many orgasms or toddlers should run around naked and touch each other's genitals to insulate themselves from porn. (laughs) Why has this stuff not been more surfaced? He's written about women's rape fantasies. That hasn't been surfaced. That's the loony side of Bernie. The policy side of Bernie is he has not been good on immigration. He has not been good on criminal justice reform. He was a, an avid Wait, backer of the 94 <laughs> yeah, crime I want to hear about the running naked and great. yeah, whatever. But, but can you go can back we, to the where she's like, wait a minute, what? I Hold it. What? We, we've gone over Toddler. a lot of Bernie stuff. I do not remember that one. No. Uh-uh. Nor, nor do I remember the cancer one. I feel cancer. Like oh, I do remember that one. The cancer yeah. caused by yeah. women's yeah. orgasms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that one. It's amazing how this stuff doesn't seem to matter to anybody. No doesn't seem to matter to anybody that he no. does this i mean the rape fantasy thing has been probably the one that's had the most press out of there and, it, and that's it pretty remarkable. incredible it's remarkable the fact that someone wrote that in their life and is able to currently be close to the white house is insanity you know we need to do tomorrow we'll do some of the stuff like that that don't make the special because tomorrow mm. we have no, oh, I can't wait for this. Oh my this gosh, is be this a good special one. is unbelievable. The Wednesday night special, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can find it on Blaze TV. You can also have your friends watch it live only. Um, you can watch it on uh, YouTube on the Blaze YouTube page, but that it won't be there after it's it's off. It's only live and on demand at blazetv.com. But if you have a friend who's like, I'm not going to subscribe to that because that's going back. Just see if you can get him to watch it on YouTube live 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. But it is the the radicals that are surrounding Bernie Sanders and all in their own words. And it is terrifying, really, truly terrifying when you see what these people and you see the track record and you put it together with what Bernie Sanders says, said, and believes. And then you look at the people around him. This is not your grandfather's Democratic Party. This isn't your even your great, great grandmother yet to be born for your your children's children's <laughs> children. Wow. Yeah. We're I mean, down this, the road there. Yeah. This guy is something we have never seen and hopefully will not see again anytime soon. The radical side of the Bernie Sanders campaign and what they really want to do. That's a special tomorrow night, 9 p.m. We'll go over some of the things that didn't make the schedule on tomorrow's You're radio program. To Glenn.